Hello, and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here with my co-host. Hey, everybody. It is Ryan, the Japan hobbyist out of the uh, Tokyo area of Japan. All right. Welcome, welcome. So it's been an interesting uh, month for Pioneer. We had some, you know, bands shake us up right at the beginning of the month here. And we're moving into the point where we're going to see some competitive play with Pioneer really coming up here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you, for this episode, you really wanted to talk about what's going on in the meta. And we haven't done one of these little bit of uh, meta recaps in a while. Mm. So we're going to go over kind of the big events of this last month of June since the Winota ban. See where the meta is shaking out and kind of talk about what you think are the decks, uh, you know, looking forward from here. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, You know, we... I want to say other podcasts tend to do like the week to week thing, but I like doing these, um, you know, every month recaps just because you kind of get a better feel for, you know, where the, the metagame is heading and, you know, how it's shaping up and stuff like that. You know, looking at the, what would we say, the macro instead of the micro, hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, and you know, we like to change it up. We don't do uh, the same thing every week. So this is going to be more of a competitive-focused episode. We want to look at what is doing well at the highest level of competition. So we're mostly going to be focusing on, like, the biggest challenges uh, and the biggest player events from last month. Mm -hmm. You know, we we look sometimes at, like, 5-0 lists, especially when they're fun, but anybody can win a 5-0, anyone can lose a 5-0. You know, it's what's consistently doing well and showing up repeatedly in these top tables of these tournaments that we really want to focus on, because I think that moving forward... As we have, uh, so what is this competitive play called exactly? It's like mock season or something. Is that what it is? I've, I've, I didn't know there was an actual it? name for it. I haven't checked that Wizards of the Coast website ever, so I don't know what they officially are calling it. There, there's some kind of competitive play coming up that we should probably know more about, mm-hmm. uh, but we. <laughs> I mean, the information's so hard to not find. Enough attention. I know. I miss when it was all just called the Pro Tour, or yeah. it was just called like you know RTPTQs. Maybe that's what it is. Is regionals is coming up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Regional M- qualifier. Well, yeah. C qualifier championship, P-P-T-Q's. something like that. Yeah. I don't think those exist anymore, do no. they? That's what I'm calling <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think before we start, you know, talking about June, we should talk about what happened at the beginning of June. Remind me what happened. <laughs> Some, something with a, uh, a, a red-white card. I yeah, heard. that's what I already said. Is uh, we, we had a banning yeah. of Winota. That that was an important shakeup for the the format. We also at the same time lost Enigmatic Incarnation. You know, they really saw how good those blue and red decks were doing, and they also knew that uh, you know, it, moving forward it's going to get better and better. So so that was the card they decided to hit. Mm. Uh, you know, they wanted to hit specifically those blue red decks, and rather than going for the uh, the Delve spells, which would have just hit mono blue or mm-hmm. like a blue X. So what was the immediate, I mean, just, you know, we, we've had a month now to kind of, you know, see the results and see, you know, what's happened to Pioneer. What was the immediate result of those bannings uh, at the beginning of the month, would you say? So I think the biggest one to bounce back, and we kind of predicted this, was the mono green decks. Mm-hmm. You know, they were doing very well before the ban. They did not like their matchup into Winota at all, and their matchup into Phoenix was medium, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so immediately that deck took off. It was kind of the one with the big target on its back with no real predators in the format anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that both is the deck that took off, and that also shaped the other decks that really started to look very strong afterwards. Um, the other one I would think I would mention right away would be that Red-Black, you know, was already a good deck. It had a good Phoenix matchup, but it only had an okay, you know, it had an okay Winona matchup. It kind of always had a good matchup against everything, and 
with a smaller meta, you know, fewer decks really being strong, being viable, it just continues to be a uh, a solid choice against all of the decks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we went from mono green to what was the next boogeyman everyone hated on? I can't remember. Everyone like <laughs> that's what's one thing I wanted to comment on is just like every week everyone's like, oh, this deck is broken. It should be banned. This deck is broken. It should be banned. Every deck every week was like a new deck that they were talking about. I think we were seeing a little bit of that. You know, Mono Green was really the one boogeyman, I think, of the month of June. We saw it really, really take off near the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. But as the month edged on, you know, people were finding a lot of ways to hate it. You mm-hmm. know, decks that were popular against it were popping up in popularity. Decks that were targeted to beat it were showing up in the format. So we were seeing things like, you know, we did an episode on that red-green ramp list. Mm-hmm. We were talking about a lot of aggro lists that could go under it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Spirits. Mono Blue Spirits is one of those that yeah. really took off. Has been super You know, I think that early versions... It. Yeah, I think early versions kind of struggled against it because they just ran into a giant reach creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're really targeted, you know, four of the, the one that taps them down, additional ways to get rid of those reach threats mm-hmm. and to interact early. So... Um, you know, people have always kind of said that Mono Green Pioneer is a bit of a tempo deck just because it wants to really get the ball rolling before anyone else. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the best way to beat a tempo deck is just a slightly faster tempo deck, which is absolutely what that Mono Blue deck is. So that one has really um, found its way into a great matchup there and consistently plays against it. Mm. Yeah, I, I've been struggling against it myself. Maybe I'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um. So, yeah, uh, those are, like, the big changes. That's how I would say, you know, the metagame changed immediately after uh, those bannings. But uh, let's just kind of back that up with some results. I want to go over some MTGO stuff first. And uh, after that, maybe we can take a look at some paper results. And again, kind of see how the the metagame uh, evolved over those weeks. So if, if that's okay with you, you want to just jump into some, uh, some list. Do you want to start with the biggest probably event from the June the was the showcase challenge? Yeah. So that one was yeah. 380 players on MTGO. Um, I want to say it was, how many rounds was that? I mean, it's gotta be like eight to nine at least. Yeah. I want to say it was not at least nine. Um, so big event, a lot of people playing in it. And this one was pretty recent after the banning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this is before, you know, some of those adaptations have come in place, which is my way of setting up to say Monogreen Devotion 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one it was also ready. had <laughs> yeah, it had a second one in the top eight, uh, three more in the top 16, and three more in the top 32. Mm. So pretty good showing for the deck. And I think that that's natural. It was also probably one of the most played decks in the format. So not too surprising there. Um, right. As far as the rest of the top eight, though, mm-hmm. or did you want me to? Right, I was going to give a shout out to uh, Harry13. Yeah, so uh, you know his, the Martin. second place there was the blue white control deck run by Hair Thirteen, who's been on the show quite a few times. Martin. Um, we also saw a of Spirits. We saw a blue black control. We saw a Bant Spirits. We saw a Fires deck. You know the Transmogrify with um, what is the one that steals cards? The Rogue, as well as a Niv to Light. So mm-hmm. even some of those, I think, are already there, kind of starting to answer that uh, that Mono Green Devotion takeover. You know, like the the Mono Blue, like we saw. We've been seeing this Demir Control popping up. Uh, that's kind of been a recent show up. I think they're mostly powered by the fact that they get to run uh, a couple different like early card advantage spells. You know, they can play the Tainted Indulgence, which has just looked really good at setting up their draws. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Niftalite, which I think we both said when the, the bans happened that it does well into bigger things. It does well into a mid-range meta, and that seems to be a little bit more of what this is. I will say 
from this, just looking at this first results, it seems like mid-range was big. I mean, there's like 80% of these decks are like mid-range. I think there's like two control, three control, maybe like, I don't know, three to four aggro decks, you know, like in the top 20, 24 or so. And then everything else is just like mid-range, mid-range, mid-range. Yeah, and it's always hard to talk about exactly what you define as mid-range. You know, obviously, I think the the Rakdos decks fit as mid-range. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I mean, the we have been seeing more kind of, of... Well, yeah, that, that's the question is, you know, is green a mid-range deck? Is Phoenix a mid-range deck? I, and I think mm. that we do want to t- touch on Phoenix because I think it's important to note that Phoenix did not die with the banning of Enigmatic Incarnation. Uh, but, I think that we predicted this pretty well. We said mm-hmm. that Phoenix will probably live on that blue-red tempo probably struggles a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that blue-red control struggle a little bit more. But specifically, yeah. Phoenix has seems to be the version that has done best coming out of this banning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Do uh, you want to move on to another uh, another top eight real quick? We did the... Uh, yeah. Any, any other big ones you wanted to shout out here that uh, that seemed to do well? So, like we said, you know, Mono Green Devotion, Rakdos Midrange, Is It Phoenix, Niftalite had two copies in the top 32, uh, a blue-white control, and then a variety of other things. I mean, I would say, just because it's so soon after the bannings, this one's not going to be too exciting. I think afterwards, you know, we we got some interesting um, interesting finishes, more diverse metagames. Yeah, maybe I'll shout out the number 31 place, the green-white company here, because I think that leads to things to come. Uh, but we'll touch on that a little bit with some of these other events. So why don't you lead us to the next event here? So I believe there's another Pioneer Challenge that was on June 18th. And yes. that was 129 players. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had Mono Blue Spirits as number one, uh, Azorius Control number two, uh, Is It Phoenix number three, Mono Green Devotion number four, Boros Heroic number five, uh, number six was Bent Humans, number seven was Mono Green Devotion. And number eight was Monty Blue Spirit. So you kind of see all of those mid-range decks kind of drop off, I feel. Uh, this is what, uh, about a week later, right? Uh, yeah, uh, about a week later, we're seeing a lot less Rakdos mid-range. We're seeing a lot more of this Mono Blue Spirits. We're seeing a little bit more Phoenix, uh, about the same amount of control, mm-hmm. about the same amount of Niv to Light. Uh, so it's really those Rakdos decks dropping off, and then a couple more spicy things popping up here and there. But let's definitely touch base on that. You know, Mono Blue Spirits, we, we did just say, hey, it's got a good Green Devotion matchup now. It saw two in the top eight, six in the top 32. Like, that that's a great showing mm-hmm. for them. And this is where, like, in the metagame, where the metagame shifted, where, you know, Mono Green really started to struggle, and people were like, how do I beat this? They just they can't beat Mono Blue Spirits. And there's other decks like Midrange as well. Really, sorry, the uh, Rakdos Midrange really struggles with the Mono Blue Spirits because basically they just play, like you said, one or two threats and then protect, protect, protect. And like that's all that, you know, Rakdos has is, you know, removal, removal, removal. But they, if you, if they land anything, you're just kind of screwed. Yeah, Rakdos has also a lot of three drops and things. So they can be mm-hmm. a little bit slow to get onto the board and can be just behind in a race against something like Mono Blue. Um, but yeah, Bent Humans showing up is nice. Uh, I was gonna, add, I was gonna say, are there any other Coco decks that showed up? I don't think we've seen any Coco decks yet at this point in the metagame. Because we did say that they were probably gonna get better. As... Yeah, so this is where we're starting to see those Coco decks show up. I think with this Bent Humans list that we're seeing, 
Um, so we're seeing a couple of varieties. So we're seeing like Bant humans. We're seeing green white humans. We're also starting to see the Bant spirits showing back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that one surprised me a little bit more. I think that that did not have as good of a matchup against the mono green lists. Mm-hmm. But it is a good Coco deck. And the Coco decks do pretty well against things like we were saying, the Rakdos that is uh, a little bit everywhere, mm-hmm. as well as doing reasonable against the mono blue. Yeah, yeah. You get a little bit better. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, better card selection, I guess you could say. You know, being being able to look look at six and then throw down your two best cards. Yeah, so humans has been a good place. Reflector Mage has been showing back up in the meta. That is a card that is well positioned right now. I think against both blue and green, which are decks that we care about. And I'm finally happy to see the Extraction Specialist showing up because I, I had said that that card was going to be good, and it's been looking pretty good. In humans, you mean? Yeah, in humans. Yeah. Uh, I did want to ask you real quick, why do you think Heroic made a comeback? Because, you know, it's kind of been very mid, very middle um, over the last, uh, I don't know, few weeks at least. It seems like people have been playing it, but they've gotten like a lot of 3-2 results, maybe some 4-1s. It hasn't really been dominating. Is this more luck, you think, or? No, I I don't think it's luck. I think the deck is good. Um, I think that people have made good decisions and that some of those decisions were slow to come to. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason why I didn't see success very quickly. You know, when we saw Luris Band, we saw some people try and play that with Feather. And I don't think that Feather really quite did enough for the deck. You know, it was too slow an engine compared to Luris being a free engine. Mm. And I think that they've made a good decision now, you know, going back to the Dreadhorde Arcanist, going back to pretty much exclusively two and mana and blow spells. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the Illuminator Virtuoso, uh, you know, this one I'll take my my hits on. I said that this card wasn't great. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't seem like it was better than the existing cards that they had with Heroic. Uh, it, it has definitely proven to be a very strong I mean, card. It can win Just the, the fact that the double strike like works so well. Yeah, it really can. Uh, that's definitely a big power that's been added to this deck, just from the newest set. The other one that I'll say, you know, I, I took my licks. I'm also going to take my... Uh, well-deserved praise is that homestead courage should have been a four of in this deck mm. from the beginning yeah i've been saying it all along and uh people have finally decided to pick up on that so i feel like this deck has finally gotten tuned to the point where it is now a strong deck and without too many other aggressive decks in the metagame you know this can race and win against spirits this can race and win against mono green before those decks are able to get to do what they want to do mm. i also did want to point out the 12th place uh, deck the mono black devotion just because i just talked about that in one of my brew this it was one of my brews in the last episode with zombies but this is more like your traditional mono black uh mm-hmm. so i mean I, I like it it's got you know soren's uh gifted aetherborn gray merchant of course murderous rider it's got a wishclaw talisman uh, Meat Hook Massacre, Underworld Dreams, and Warlock Class. So I do like the whole. I think Meat Hook Massacre is just what kind of brings us all together. You know, big. Yeah, that's been a strong card, and I like where that's positioned right now. It can get big enough that Spirits uh, has a hard time dealing with it, and just gains you a lot of life in the long run. Yeah, time. yeah, it gains you life, it acts as removal, and it gives you two, um, uh, two devotion, which I think yeah. is is really good. And I also like Underworld Dreams as just a way to totally destroy uh, combo <laughs> decks, you know, like Lotus or whatever. You get that down, they're not going to win. Yeah, you know, I think that Lotus can definitely win through it. Yeah. They're no longer a deck that, you know, since the deck adapted to not lose to Narset, they can definitely win the game without care, you know, without drawing a card, basically. Really? Okay. I guess that they have a, enough mana, right? Well, so they can behold the beyond, they can mm-hmm. find omniscience, they can... 
you know, grab the cards that aren't going to draw you gotcha, cards, gotcha. but still put cards in your hand. Gotcha. So yeah, like a tutor, an omniscience, and a you know, behold the beyond kind of thing. And then you grab your wish card in the sideboard. So yeah, and speaking of sideboards, the mono black devotions playing invoke despair, which you kind of talked about. You know, you really liked, right? I do really like, and I, and this is another one that I said is very strong, should be seeing some play, and it's been seeing play in this as well as in the sideboard of some of the red black decks, if we've seen. This might be the next deck that I build, except I don't have any games <laughs> awakening. <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's a tricky one. Yeah. yeah, those are expensive. Yeah, or me hook massacre. Never mind, I can't do that. That's like three hundred dollars mm. right there. <laughs> um, you want to move on to our next uh, big MTGO event? Yeah, why don't we go ahead and do the next one? All right, so next one we have here. All this stuff you'll be able to find, by the way, on our um, Pioneer Event Results channel in um, our Discord channel, our Discord. So, yeah, check that out there. So are we moving on to the June 19th one? Yes, yeah, so June 19th. Let's go over kind of a high level. So uh, top eight, blue-black control, red-black mid-range, blue spirits, red stompy, red burn, Blue White Spirits, Mono Green Devotion, and Black White Humans. So that's a pretty diverse top eight. I think that this one's definitely worth going through. Mm. Uh, outside of that, you know, we saw a few Mono Red Burns showing up. We saw Mono Green Devotion still holding strong. Mono Blue Spirits still holding strong. Blue White Control, Red Black Midrange, Is It Phoenix, mm. and then this mix of other things. Yeah, I see a nice grouping of Mono Green Devotion decks later. It seems like they're starting to make a comeback. They're starting to make some uh, adjustments to their sideboard or something. I know that uh, a lot of people were talking about the what was it the the mono green or not sorry the mono green the green the sky lasher there we go i was gonna say the green creature that has mm. uh protection from blue can't be countered and uh, has reach um that was some tech that people started playing uh, i want to say it's yeah, about a week ago or so people started playing that in their sideboards to deal with the uh phantom menace is, is that will we, will we get <laughs> that's trademarked? a great that's a great way to put it sure no yeah um call it the phantom menace all you yeah. want i don't think anyone from disney listens to our show okay and we're not making any money on it anyway no. so what do they care? <laughs> um let's go over a couple of these decks though you know we've been talking about blue black control as well as about this black red mid-range mm. we haven't really gone to a list here so this is the one that i wanted to look into you know this first place and second place uh, so Fines Poo was in the first place with Blue Black Control. So it's running, you know, Removal Suite. It's got Fatal Push. It's got Make Disappear as that new counterspell. Mm -hmm. It's got March of Wretched Sorrow in the main deck. It's got Negates, Sinister Sabotages, Soul Shatters, and Sweepers in two Extinction Event, a Shadow's Verdict. And it's got a main deck Thought Distortion. Oh, this is interesting. Mm. Uh, so as far as threats, it's got Hole Break Horror, Torrential Gear Hulk, Three Shark Typhoon, and as far as card draw, we see, you know, Sensor, Consider, Dig Through Time, Hieroglyphic Illumination. You know, he's kind of trying out uh, the the whole suite here. You yeah. Know, one of this, two of that. Uh, a little bit, you know, maybe it seems like it'd still be narrowed down to four of but maybe some of these are right to have, you know, with this kind of deck, you see a lot of your deck. So if you've got one thought distortion, mm -hmm. you can probably find it in the games where you want to have it. Um, and, and that's what's nice about these kind of control lists. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of of control decks. This seems like it's miserable to play against. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's not just counter spells. I think that there is interaction here. There's intricacy here. Um, seems like a very interesting deck. I wouldn't mind playing this any day of the week. I also do like the second place list here is the one I wanted to talk about. This is from Misplaced Ginger, also a streamer uh, with Red Black. Um, so any big changes here, really not much, but you know, they, they've kind of narrowed down to like, okay, we want one Kroxa, we want one Kalidus, mm -hmm. we want the split of two Chandra, one Sorin. 
of course, a lot of the fours are still fours. Blood Tithe Harvester, Bone Crusher Giant, Graveyard mm. Trespasser, Fable, Push, Thought Seize. Um, as far as other removal, they're doing three Dreadbore, one Strangle, one Cut to Ribbons, which is a nice, interesting change-up. I, I have uh, noticed that the Rakdos mid-range decks are kind of going more aggro now. They, they have a little bit more early, um, how can I say, uh, early threats like the Tenacious Underdog. And pretty much every winning mid-range uh, deck that I've seen has, has been playing at least one Calatus in the main as well. Yes. So there's a Kalitas in the main here, uh, as well as one more in the sideboard. Yeah. So those that card has become very important as a way just to give give them a little bit more time, you know, to stabilize and stuff against some of those faster decks, especially against stuff like spirits. You know, uh, you need if you're not going to be able to kill it, just put down some life gain and start, you know making it impossible for them. Eventually you'll win the game game of attrition. Yeah, you can win the game of attrition there. Um, and here you see also some of those sideboard cards I was talking about. To Invoke Despair in the sideboard, love to see it. Uh, he's got two go blank in this list. I want to say he's on three in his more recent version, just to be able to fight back against the Phoenix decks that mm-hmm. have now really come back in popularity. Phoenix, I didn't see that many Phoenix show up, though. I do see. A yeah, so we're more. still early. I think we'll see more Phoenix as we get towards uh, the end of June here. Mm-hmm. So that was the June 19th. We're probably going to jump next to the Saturday from June 25th and the Sunday from June 26th. Yeah, you want to do that 25th one first? I'll handle this yep, one. Let's... Give Perfect. your, you give your voice a rest. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, okay, so jumping in. 145 players at the June 25th event. This was uh, what, not even about, about a week ago or so. Uh, we had uh, Bant Spirits uh, coming out on top at number one. We had Four Color Humans at number two. Azorius Control at number three. Rakdos Sacrifice at number four. Barwas Heroic at number five. Mono Red Aggro at number six. Mono Red, sorry, Mono Blue Spirits at number seven. And then another Rakdos Sacrifice at number eight. So we're seeing Sacrifice make a comeback. That wasn't really around. We haven't even seen Jun Food or anything like that. Um so yeah, wh- why do you think uh, the Anvil decks made a comeback this week? It's interesting. I think that they're just doing well in a meta where things are grindy. So mm-hmm. the problem I thought with all of these, you know, Cauldron Familiar Witches Oven decks is that when the deck was too fast, when there were things that could win the game through you, you know, the combo decks and well as the kind of creature combo decks like Winota even could just uh, you know overwhelm the boards. You would never get time to set up things like looping Witch's Oven, doing lots of things with your uh, anvils, which I do want to say this fourth place list does not have anvil. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's just a sacrifice list. Uh, this is the one that does. I know there was one that like didn't have Mayhem Devil or something silly like yeah. that, but I think people are trying out. I think that's a little bit still unexplored, but there is a lot of grindy goodness that's going on there, and I'm looking forward to see where else they go with it, because I think that there's a lot of potential there. And they'd also see uh, Obnixus finally found a home. Yeah, a couple uh, ways we've been seeing that find a home there. Uh, yeah, any other decks? Do you want to check out the uh, Humans deck, or...? Yeah, you know, we didn't look at the humans list. There was like that black white one from the last one. Did you want to look at the bent one here or the five? Was color. there another one? Yeah, there's also five color. Four color you know, I still like or four color. Yeah, uh, I still like with mm. the here we go. Yeah, 
What I really like about the four color is just the fact that, you know, Werewolf Pack Leader is a really strong card, and then you get to go into something like a Kudro and be just big enough to mm-hmm. swing in and get that trigger. Um, you know, I missed the five color where you also had Mantis Rider to do the same, but I think that this is reasonable. They're dropping the red is why they're four color. Mm. What was the red for in the other one? Uh, again, Mantis Rider. Oh, Mantis Rider. Pretty much okay, exclusively. I just really liked Werewolf Pack Leader into Mantis Rider, even if that mana makes it a little scary. I mean, you still have to play Mana Confluence either way. Yeah, right? but only two of them. They don't have to play, you know, four of them and wish they had another one. Yeah, this one's playing four and playing Territory, four Secluded Courtyard. Yeah, I mean, a little bit less painful, I guess. And I see we got four Skylasher as well in there to deal with the the Phantom Menace. Yeah, I think that's worth pointing out. It that that is a little bit, I think, awkward for the deck is that they having to play four of a non-human just because the mono blue deck is showing up so much in the mm-hmm. format. And what I do like is that this is a very targeted sideboard plan. You know, mm-hmm. I see four Shaper Sanctuary, and that card is often lights out for the red black mid range deck when you can get it down before uh, they begin to kill your creatures. Every single one of their removal spells turns into a two for one for you. So. That card's huge. Um, Skylasher seems like it's great in that specific matchup. And then they've got a couple of like removal spells for when they need to probably race aggro, things like Mono Red. Why? I mean, is Declaration in Stone in there against uh, Spirits, you think? Uh, yeah, that could be in there against Spirits. It, I don't think that would come in against something like... You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that comes in to fight something like Kalidus, but mm-hmm. uh, I have not gotten a chance to bring someone onto the show or to talk to someone too deeply on uh, exactly how they sideboard with this deck. So maybe that's a question. Yeah, we can ask our, a pro next time. Yeah, we did want to get some people on this week, but it seems like everyone's pretty busy with the uh, holidays and stuff like that. So apologies. It's just apologies. us. You guys, you guys are stuck with us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we know what we're talking about for the most part. <laughs> Uh, so we had one more, right? That was the 145. You want to move on to the 128, or is there any other decks? Yep, so that was the Saturday. Uh, the Sunday, yeah. we saw a little bit similar, but here's where I was saying. So Saturday, um, this is the one I want to point out. No mono green in the top eight. Mm. No mono green in the top 16. Mm. I think there is no mono green in the top 32. So, so for everyone who's calling change. for the ban yeah. of the, you know, Dictos or whatever else in the mono green deck, I want to say that... Uh, Probably not necessary, because I think mm-hmm. the format has done a good job of fighting back against it. Here, we get to see number one, number two, is it Phoenix? Wow, making a comeback. Yeah. Is it Phoenix? Uh, there's also three Rakdos Sacrifice in this top eight here. Mm-hmm. Yep, I uh, rest of the top eight five. includes a Bant Spirits, a Boros Heroic, and Enigmatic Fires. So, mm. you know, we said top two decks after the uh, the banner, or top three decks we were saying was Mono Blue, Rakdos, Midrange, and that Mono Green. And uh, they've been hated out here. So we definitely still see the blue spirits showing up. We do see plenty of Rakdos midrange in the top 32 overall. Uh, but we're seeing some other things showing up, and I'm liking to see it. And there is still ingenuity. We are seeing things like this Enigmatic Fires list showing back up again. We still see a little bit of Niv floating around. Uh, Timu finally hit a top 32 here with his nice. Emery Ascendancy combo. Uh, that's another streamer there, so we got to shout it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, As well as one Lotus Field. Why? Why? I was gonna say, why is Rakdos doing so? Because Rakdos got a lot. Got a lot of Rakdos mid range, a lot of Rakdos sacrifice. Big comeback for them. Like yeah, I'll take a peek and see if anything's different in these lists. You know, I think they are, like I said, still trying to figure out exactly what the right numbers are on some of these. I do like the claim the firstborns in the fifth place list. Uh, mm-hmm. That I think is recent. Looks like it's in the the fourth place place the fourth place list as well. That card being very strong against a lot of the mono green and the black red mid range cards, 
and can do some good things against spirits as well. So nice to just, you know, grab something of the opponents and sacrifice it, get it out of the way entirely. I did kind of want to take a look at uh, the 17th place deck, the Abzan uh, Grease Fang. Ooh, I know you you got to be tempted. So Grease Fang, yeah, continue to show up uh, just in a small amount. So this one's Abzan, which I don't mind, but has not been the most popular version recently, I think. Uh, Deathrite Shaman is one thing they get to play by going Abzan. They also get to play things like Stater's Wayfinder to mm-hmm. put things into the graveyard. Uh, other than that, we see some Witherbloom Command, a card that I've been medium on, but Grizzly Salvage is probably one of the big strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too much looting in this deck, um, but other than that, yeah, they also get to play the Asika's Chariot in the main board, which is nice getting to have a kind of a fair plan. So this seems like a little bit more of a fair deck, you know, mm-hmm. Rotting Regisaur, Asika's Chariot, all cards that can just play a real game of magic with still that Grease Fang combination, you know, combo killed, essentially. Yeah, I don't... I want to like it, but I don't like this version. <laughs> okay. Like, like you know, like you said, it doesn't have the the cantrips. It doesn't have the looting and stuff like that. And I, I feel like you really do want this. I've played something like this before. I never really ended up liking the Deathrite Shamans. It's too grindy. But I guess it really depends. You know, if if we're playing against um, a lot of graveyard hate, uh, I like this because you get still have your riding where you just rise a seven six, beating them down. Uh, which is really good. And you have uh, Asikia's Chariot on the ground as well. And I still kind of like um, Sky Sovereign, though. So Okay. I mean, yeah, Sky Sovereign is nice as interaction. This just has Chariot instead. Does it have the Sky Sovereigns on the sideboard? No, I don't see them at all. Ooh, okay, wow, that's surprising. Like, how does this beat Karn decks? Like, <laughs> how, I mean, Karn just like shuts you down. I guess they hope that uh, Mono Blue takes care of it or something for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other decks? I mean, we talked about the top eight already, right? Yeah, we talked about the top eight there. Uh, as far as anything else there, got, I think I looked a, through the rest of the lists. A lot of Phoenix. Got a lot of Heroic as well. So I've, I've noticed about four or five Heroic decks, which uh, is, is kind of nice to see. Do you want me to quick go over what's going on in one of these Phoenix lists? Sure. Um, how, sure so... how have they won without Express Federation? <laughs> Well, you know, I think actually what's more interesting than no expressive iteration is that not all of them are running uh, Thing in the Ice. So this number one list, no Thing in the Ice whatsoever. They're doing Arc-like Phoenix and Ledger Shredder. Mm -hmm. Uh, The number two list is on the classic for Arc-like Phoenix for Thing in the Ice. Uh, The number one also has a Crackling Drake, but they're back on pieces of the puzzle as their two for one of choice. They're playing a lot of strategic planning as a card that puts cards in the graveyard. And they're back on the plan of, you know, Temporal Trespass, Treasure Cruise just being great cards. And, of course, the Blue-Red Removal Suite playing things like Strangle, Consider, Fiery Impulse, Lightning Axe, Opt. uh, All those good cards that just interact and kill things. Yeah, you know what's really nasty is when they get the two turns in a row with Galvanic Iteration. Yep, yep. That is nasty. Uh, but yeah, I, I like you know that we have two different versions here. I'm also really surprised that pieces of the puzzle became like the one of the go-to cards for them. So there's a bit of a meme about it, I think, right now on Twitter, is that someone was really saying, like, oh, this card's so terrible, why is anyone playing it? And it is a two-for-one. I just think that that's so important for the deck, is that, you know, things like the Rakdos midrange that were so popular really try and beat the deck by one-for-one-ing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, the control decks are often just trying to counter their cards that matter. And if you're able to two for one by playing pieces of the puzzle, not even just the fact that it also puts three cards in the yard, yeah, which is you know, so well, four cards in the value, yard. Really, though. It, it's so much value. Like it, it's I don't care that it's three mana. The card is just excellent. 
Mm. And I also noticed people are playing Is It Charm again. That was there before EI showed up, I believe, right? Yes, and it did pretty much entirely fall off. So I, I do like that they've uh, kind of gone back. Only in the second place list, though. It wasn't in the other one. Yes. Yeah, it always seemed good. It's just everything else in blue is also really freaking good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely an issue. Uh, do we have any other big uh, events from MTGO? Or is that like pretty much all of them? I know I have some some big events. Sunday Challenge, that was 128. Did we already post that one? Yeah, I don't Maybe that was... Yeah, I think that's a bit from MTGO. I know you'd wanted to. So one thing that's oh. nice about our podcast is that we are uh, you know, across the world. You're over there in Japan. And there is always a nice tournament scene in Japan, especially for these uh, formats like Pioneer. So mm. we definitely want to touch on a little bit of what's going on over there as far as uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, I've talked about this before when we did one of these uh, metagame re- recaps. I kind of gave you a couple of the, the top eights from over here, and you guys were always like, oh, no, that's just the local meta or, or whatever. And I kind of want to ask you that same question. Do you, after we go over these top eights, does this seem like something that could really only happen at a, a smaller event, you know, you know, like, a, I mean, these, these are like six, seven rounds. With a top eight. Yeah. But yeah, I want to ask you that question. Um, is this something that can be replicated uh, at like those big MTG events or like uh, a big open, etc.? So where to start? We got a couple stuff or a couple results here. Um, oh, we totally skipped over some other MTGO stuff, though. Oh, what else do you want to touch on for MTGO? Uh, uh, there's the one with the Atarka Ramp. Um, this one mm, right. was on... What was this? What date was this? 6-13? I think I saw it was posted. Pioneer Challenge on 6-11. Yeah. Okay, so that was the Saturday before the Showcase Challenge. So that we'd start on the Showcase Challenge is why. Yeah, and that was... Uh, I, yeah, this is the whole reason why we did that uh, Tarek Ramp episode because <laughs> it's number one. But yeah, uh, right, just right. before we jump into the paper events, uh, number one was Green Red Ramp. Uh, number two was Green Devotion. Number three was Green Devotion. Number four was Phoenix. Five is Heroic. Six was Green Devotion. Seven was Red Black Midrange. And eight was Bant Spirit. So again, this was right after the banning. Um, and I think when people started to get... I wouldn't say get good, but when people started to uh, respond to the Mono Green Devotion decks, I think that uh, the Green Red Green Red Ramp deck was kind of a innocent bystander that got hit as well, you know, by all oh, the maybe, hate. Maybe. Would you agree? I mean, it seems really I think that's fun, reasonable. But it's like it, it has some of the same weaknesses. For example, like Mono, mono Blue Spirits just kind of destroys it early on because everything, I mean, even if you're ramping like on turn four, or even on turn three, it's like they already have a way to stop you by then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was a big event. I think there was one more big event, but I'm not sure if we need to go over it. Yeah, there's 127 person. Actually, this was a Pioneer Challenge that was on 627. Hmm. hmm. I think we talked about 626. That was Sunday. Was this a Monday one? Or maybe it was the same one. Maybe that was the same one. Okay, so we'll skip that one. Let's go over some paper results here. Uh, so 
starting at the beginning of the month. So uh, I do want to kind of preface this with uh, Hallelujah does their God of Pioneer event uh, every season. And uh, the current one is going to be happening on June 18th. No, June 7th. Sorry, July 17th. July, July, yes. There we go. July 17th. So it's happening in about two weeks here. And before that happens, they usually have, I wouldn't say a gauntlet, but like uh, a gulag. I don't know. What's the word you would use? Uh, Uh, A... Uh, you know, just a, a gauntlet, maybe. Yeah, they, they have a gauntlet of, that of, you're looking of for? events uh, <laughs> that uh, kind of lead into this this big event. So every kind of area has their own kind of championships or Pioneer Cup type type things, which are smaller because they're at local stores. And then you have you know the the God of Pioneer that's going to be like two hundred plus people. That's like your 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 open, I guess you could say. Uh, so, uh, if you have it open, um, what's a a good event here to start with? All right. So, uh, 619, uh, we had a 45 person event, uh, in Omiya, which I believe is in Saitama, which is north of Tokyo. Yeah. The whole Tokyo area has got tons and tons of people to just commute so like the all the the prefectures around tokyo always have these like 40 50 person events uh they uh the winner of this event was banned spirits uh second place was green devotion third place was green devotion fourth place was rakdos mid uh fifth place was john sacrifice uh sixth place rakdos mid seventh place was uh green devotion and eighth place was rakdos mid so okay. this kind of seems like a little bit different from, yeah, than, than the MTGO meta. You know, as far as like, you know, at this point in MTGO, I think a lot of people had moved away from mono green at this point. So would you say, just looking at this first result here from 619, hmm. is is this, how can I say, our paper meta is going to be slower than MTGO? You know, 619, I think that that's not wrong as far as what the meta was looking like like that sounds very similar to what we were seeing at that time okay uh any any surprising deck lists or does this uh, seem legit to you no it looks legit to me i think that any of these decks could do similar online and you know but let's not say that it's not the same players there are certainly players from japan playing online and mpgo yeah. in these events so. very few i think i think compared to a number of uh europeans and um uh, what's I'm looking for? Uh, Americans on there and Canadians. No, possibly Sorry, North Americans. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but uh, okay, so that was a big event. Uh, there was also a couple smaller events uh, around town, or not around town, but uh, around Japan. <laughs> we had some uh, twenty-person events. Uh, that one was won by Mono Green Devotion. We had a forty-seven-person event in Osaka. This was one. Uh, by Enigmatic Incarnation. I believe this is June 25th. So this was like two weeks ago. Uh, second place was Rakdos Mid, and then third place, uh, Red White Heroic. Fourth place, Mono Blue Spirits. Fifth place, Mono Blue Spirits. Sixth place, Rakdos Mid. Uh, seventh place, Mardu Greasefang. And eighth place, Mono Blue Spirits. So we see a lot of spirits here at this event. Okay. So hating out the uh, Mono Green. Uh, nothing. Ex- I mean, does anything surprise you here? Um, does Enigmatic Incarnation seem like it could take out a big event? Yeah, I think it can. It, it seems pretty reasonable. Um, 
I, I like the deck. It's got play against those mid-range decks. You know, when you're doing your kind of fair plan, you're just going to go so much bigger than the Rakdos mid-range decks are, and mm-hmm. they have a little bit more trouble. You know, they're playing Dreadbore, but that's kind of it as far as being able to hit, like, your five drops. Mm-hmm. So that that's a way that they can just win out against those bigger decks, as well as having play against things like Mono Blue Spirits. You know, I think that's probably a tough matchup, but mm. certainly not unwinnable. And they get to run a lot of sweepers. They can play some very targeted mm-hmm. hate for those kind of uh, go-wide spirit strategies. I think Magic Incarnation, the more I look at it, the more it feels like that's the pod deck of Pioneer. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It's a fun deck. I love yeah. it. If you're a pod player, play that. <laughs> um, there was a 31-person event down in Hiroshima, and I just wanted to point that out because the winner was Abzan Parhelion, which we had just talked about. And I kind of like this list a little bit more than the one that showed up online. Uh, I'll just go through the rest of the decks real quick. We had Green Devotion in second, Blue White Control, Mono Blue Spirits, Mardu Parhelion, uh, Black Red Anvil, Green Devotion, and Mono Red Aggro. So let me see if I can pull up the list right here and kind of compare uh, the difference between... Yeah, there we go. They call it Parhelion Shoot. That's weird. Uh, So this uh, Abzan build, it's playing three Seasoned Hollow Blade, which is a 3-1 human discard a card to tap it and give it indestructible. Uh, It's also playing three Voice of Resurgence. It's playing two Rafine's Informants, which is when it enters the battlefield, you connive. So you can discard something when it comes into play. Uh, For Grease Fang, Alira Dawnbringer. And then, uh, of course, your spells, you got Thossie's Duress, Traverse the Uvenwald. Uh, Grizzly Salvage, you got Abrupt Decays in there, you got one Soren, Vengeful Bloodlord, four Chariots, uh, one Sky Sovereign, and four Parhelion. And then the sideboard is crazy. We got uh, Tomek, Distinguished Advocate, which is the guy that you know, makes it so people can't target lands, Spirits of the Labyrinth, uh, Archon of Emeria, Sunscourge Champion, A Faithful Absence, Dromokas Command, Kaya, Orzhov Serper, Gideon, Alley of Zendikar, Kaya the Inexorable. Um, that's I like that. The five mana one. What does that do again? Put a. That comes back into Exiles play. Exiles things is most of the big part. Yeah, Exiles target permanent. Okay. We have Karn the Great Creator as a way to kind of grab uh, stuff from the sideboard, I guess, and also to shut down the uh, mirror match. Portable Holes, Reckoner Bankbuster. Wow. And Unlicensed Hearse. So, what do you think about this list? How does this feel compared to the other one that made 17? Uh, it's it's pretty sweet. I think it's a cool list. Um, I think they're trying a lot of fun things. Uh, not positive if all of them are right, but I'm glad mm-hmm. they're trying them out because I'm interested definitely in uh, some of those sideboard cards. Again, this is only a 31 person event. Could this? Yeah. Could could somebody take this deck and replicate that? That's uh, how can I say? I that think result? you want to refine it a little bit. You know, there's definitely. It definitely exists that there are metas to play to. You know, we were talking about why some of these decks are doing so well in the big events, the challenges. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about what in the meta is making them look good, what they're targeting, and why we see shifts. So with, that's not going to be happening with a 31-player event. You're going to be seeing, you know, some people are playing, you know, Blue-White Spirits because that's what they own. You're going to mm-hmm. see some people playing, exactly. you know, Parhelion because that's what they like to play. So you'll see a little bit of... Not nonsense, but you'll see not as quickly changing of decks, mm. as well as you may not just have the same meta, and different things will be better or worse in different metas. Yeah, yeah, I am happy to see people trying different stuff, though. That that brought a smile to my face. Uh, we had another small thirty. <laughs> uh, is that okay to move on real quick? Go yeah, yeah, please do. Uh, there's another uh, thirty-person event in Akihabara. Uh, yeah, Tokyo basically has like 
six different hallelujahs because it's so big. Um, but Green Devotion was a champion. Phoenix, second place. Rakdos Midrange, third place. Uh, Blue Eye Control, fourth place. Bundle Blue Spirits, fifth place. Black Red Anvil was uh, sixth place. Garuda Combo made seventh place. And Rakdos Midrange made eighth place. Do you want to talk about Garuda Combo? That's kind of recently shown up. It has been showing up again. Yeah, I don't think much has changed for the deck other than there just being, you know, fewer linear aggro. You know, that deck did not want to play against Winota ever. Uh, so people are trying it out again, and it's doing pretty well. You know, it can combo win, so that beats out things like Mono Green that goes big. Mm-hmm. It beats out some of the more grindy stuff, and just, uh, you know, it's a fun deck. I'm glad to see it showing up again. So it has seen some play online, not in any of the big events that we saw, but maybe someone will grab it and uh, have a nice weekend with it, and we'll see it win. So you, do you think it could actually compete? Yeah, I think that deck competes. Uh, you know, it's it's been showing up in the five O leagues. It definitely has a high variance, so that's going to be the issue, and that will drive people, especially online, away from playing it because they could win the tournament, but in a longer tournament, you're going to get a couple of bad beats and just not be able to play. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, are they going to risk a deck that has such a high variance when they would rather win based on you know whatever they perceive as skill level or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, and I only ask because you know it's this was a thirty two person event and. At those types of events, you could see those types of decks sneak into top eight, I think. Because no one's ready for it. No one has prepared enough, maybe. Um, I got a couple more big ones. So these are kind of the smaller ones uh, on the 27th, I want to say. Or I think, yeah, so like last weekend, basically, Yokohama, my hometown, uh, had a 80, sorry, sorry, 61 person. Uh, this was the Pioneer Admiral Championship. So again, this is more like a regional cup, you know, championship type of thing that kind of feeds into the uh, God of Pioneer. Uh, number one was Monogreen Devotion. Number two was Rakdos Mid. Rakdos Mid also got third place. We had uh, Heroic uh, in fourth place. Feather in fifth place. We had the uh, Vampires with Evelyn uh, was in sixth place. And then seventh place we had... Band Spirits in 8th place was as per control. So this is some decent results, I think. How did two heroic, two different heroic decks make the top 8? It's a good deck. I don't think that that's a mistake. But Feather as well? Uh, I don't know about Feather. I, you know, I think Feather might be not optimal, but it's still a strong enough deck. Okay. If this is also... Is this is 61 players. So that's reasonable size. Yeah, think. this is decent size, I think. And uh, Vampires... Um, is this something that can compete? Is this yeah, kind let me of a look fluke? at this vampires list. Um, I think that could be a bit of a fluke, or it could just be you know red black mid range with other words in it. <laughs> so let me let me see what this list actually looks like. Kato Nagisa. Yeah, Kato Nagisa. So this yeah. looks like it's mostly black white um, with a splash for a blue red card, mm-hmm. <laughs> which you know that card's been doing very well in. Uh, so you can play that card for mono black. Uh, that makes sense to me that they would be splashing for that card and not something like Xander. Uh, this is just the five mana Evelyn. It's a two five flash that basically like gets you card advantage mm-hmm. every time it or another vampire comes in. Yeah, this so they're playing that powerful. in the spot of the four four that draws you a ton of cards. Mm. Uh, that's the interesting part, you know. Oh no, they are still on at least one champion, champion of dusk. Yeah, They've four got champion, four of champion of dusk. Yeah. Yikes! Uh, what did they pull <laughs> out to make room for this? Because that mean... seems like a terrible choice mm. <laughs> somehow. Uh, looks like they've lost. Yeah, Dusk Legion still. They've got their two drops. They've got two their counters. one drop. What did they pull out? Four swords. Maybe some removal. They got four 
push for Thoughtseize. 24 lands. Yeah, what did they... They pulled a couple of murderous riders, maybe. You know, maybe so you pulled an Edgar yeah. or two. Hmm. I, didn't, I don't know what the, the deck plays enough to... To tell you what they pulled out here. Yeah, you know, probably they pulled a they pulled a couple of four drops and mm-hmm. added in some of these Evelyns. You know, it's interesting. I could try it. I don't know if I could say exactly why Black White Vampires has been doing well. It's kind of just a very fair deck for mm-hmm. the most part. And Phoenix wasn't very popular until recently. Mm-hmm. With Phoenix coming back, another deck that gets to play a ton of Go Blanks um, could be in a reasonable spot. Okay. Yeah. So we get a couple more. Uh, there was also yeah. Uh, let's go quick on these last few and then uh, wrap it up for today. Uh, we get so again. I'm I'm going over all Asia here. I saw some results from a Korean tournament. Ooh. Okay. Uh, so this Korean tournament had uh, number one was Goblins. There's 86 players. You don't see a lot of uh, big events over in Korea. So Goblins got up, got first place. Marta Grease Fang got second place. Uh, Black Red Mid Range got. Uh, third place, Bant Spirits. Fourth place, uh, fifth place was another Bant Spirits deck. Mono Blue Spirits made uh, sixth place. Blue White Control made uh, eighth place, and then Mono Red Fires made eighth place. And if you uh, click on the link, you can actually see the the list they're playing. The Goblin decks. This is again, this is another deck that I was talking about with uh, putting two two things together. But you know, this is more of like just goblin value this is collected company deck it's playing some you know green sources to to play their their goblin threats but it's pretty stock uh fanatical firebrands legion loyalist uh battle cry goblin you're conspicuous uh what is it conspicuous i can't remember his name snoop Snoop doggy dog there you go yeah uh chain whirlers uh what was the other one? Hobgoblin, Bandit Lords, and then of course our Fable of the Mirror Breakers, and it's also playing what Putrefy? What is that? The I can't see the. That's an. Is it? Oh 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 um, it's a split card. Hang on, I gotta pull. Yeah, up it's split. it's actually like Golgari split card. I think one of it is like target creature gets plus plus one. It gets death touch. And death and touch, destroy. and the other one is a removal spell. Yeah. Are they running? That's really weird. Where I don't know why they're running that. By Oju Hume. Hmm. That was his deck, I guess. <laughs> he wanted to share it. Uh, sideboard, real quick, he's got two Alpine Moons, uh, two Cinder Vines, two Call of the Death Dweller. Nice. Uh, he's got three Goblin Rabble Masters. Pithing okay, Eagle. okay, so yeah, this is the deck. This is um, Status and Statue. It saw play in the standard Jund Warriors list because what you can do is Goblin Chain Roller enters, mm-hmm. you cast status on it, it gets Death Touch, and deals one damage to each of your opponent's creatures. Mm. Um, I don't think that's worth splashing red and black or green and black for, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, you do you. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about this top eight real quick? Uh, is it possible that Goblins is actually a card that people have been sleeping on? Oh. Or is this just kind of like more of a local meta type thing? This could be local meta. You know, I think there's a few things that I'm suspect of here. You know, the the splashing the two colors seems difficult. Mm. They're also running, you know, let me see, 24 total Cocoa hits. Mm. And, you know, eight of those are one drops. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit... Um, underwhelming? That's a little bit strange for me. Yeah, it's yeah. a little underwhelming. 
Uh, and you know, I do like you could mm-hmm. maybe Fable of the Mirror Breaker and copy yeah. a Snoop and use Fanatical Fire. Yeah, like there's a couple things in here that are nice, but I think that I'm a little suspicious of this overall. Yeah, I'm playing the uh, Skirk Prospectors and the, uh, what is it, the uh, Fifth Street, whatever his name, in, his name is called, uh, gets a plus one plus zero whenever you play a red creature. And this isn't playing the... Uh, the goblin that gives everybody haste either i don't know maybe this is better maybe you don't need the haste to be honest especially if you're playing coco uh i did want to ask you about the mono red fires deck is this also a a deck that's kind of like only something you could play locally or is this something that you know people have been sleeping on i haven't really seen it show up at all in like any um, events. it's been a little while yeah it hasn't shown up in any of the big events i think it's a decent list i think that it kind of wanted to play against you know, it didn't want to play against Mono Green as mm-hmm. part of it. Um, so it was a little bit popular before the ban, and then Mono Green really took off, and that uh, took it out of the running for the most part. So could we see it make a comeback as Mono Green gets hated possibly. out? Possibly. If, if Mono Green gets hated out or something big changes, uh, I could see that coming back a little bit. Okay. You know, you kind of want to always be the bigger Karn deck, and I think that that was not for a while, uh, but maybe, maybe this will help with that. Okay um anything else i mean i think that's probably a good place to end it if you don't want to go too much longer because i know we we have been talking for quite a while uh and i do i do have a couple questions before we we wrap this up um so i i i I mean i always ask this when we do these these meta uh discussions so first question i want to say has the meta game settled after the bans would you say that we're at a settled point right now I don't think so. And that, that was a worry for me. And, you know, that's the reason why I, I was kind of okay with the bands. You know, they were maybe a little bit controversial, but it would have been a long run going all the way to October without any kind of change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think we're settled yet. I think we'll continue to see some innovation. I think we'll continue to see some testing. You know, maybe we'll see goblins, vampires, and whatever else show up. Uh, people will try some things and we'll, we'll narrow down some of the lists we currently have. I think black, red, uh, sacrifice in particular. Mm-hmm. I think Phoenix in particular, both of those do not have a single list that I think is stock yet. So we will continue to see changes there. Okay. Um, another question I want to ask, and again, I ask, I'm going to try to ask this during each and every uh, one of these meta recaps, is what is the meta? You know, in the past, I asked this because all we had was uh, results from online. And now we're starting to get these decent-sized, mid-sized you know, tournaments with like 60, 70, 80 players uh, in paper, and we're going to have some more opens and other side events happening as well. And, so, you know, is the meta going to be only what's on MTGO? Is it going to be, you know, influenced at all by these bigger events that we're having? Or is it going to be a mix of both? Like, what do you think? So the meta is a series of decks that make up the most popular in the format. So what is... No, no, no. I'm just I mean? uh, defining the, the name like, for you. Is it the, is the same... You know, 200, 300 people that are playing and finishing, you know, these big Pioneer Challenges. Are those same people the ones that, do they dictate what the meta is? Or is the meta going to be dictated by, you know, like you said, what people want to play? Or is it going to be dictated by, you know, what, what people are taken to, you know, events? I lean towards it, yes, you know. MTGO is the place where people are going to be able to adapt the most. So if they're able to find consistent success on MTGO, 
that is a place that I think leads the meta because, you know, when things change, they can be the ones to adapt the quickest. And when there's things that are doing really well, they mm-hmm. can be the one to make the changes to target those the quickest. So for me, I think that's the one that, you know, we want to inbreed a meta where we're testing everything out against each other. We're trying to find the thing that one ups the next person. Mm-hmm. And I think that MTGO that happens more than anywhere else right now. Okay. All right. Last question. Um, so, okay. I guess it's kind of a two-parter. Where do you see the metagame heading for July? Like we said, during the organized play uh, season. And what are you thinking of playing? Well, I'm happy that Phoenix is back because I think that there were fun decks that preyed on Phoenix that we might start to see again. You know, I Mm kind of mentioned that when we were talking about vampires is that there are decks that love it when Phoenix is the number one deck in the format. I don't think it is yet, but if it ever got to that point, we would see some more decks that like to beat that. So I'm looking for the next cycle through the decks there and uh, continuing to see things change. Mm. As far as what I'd personally play, um, you know, I still like mono red. I still like red black. I do love Enigmatic. I wouldn't be able to play that in paper right now. I just don't have all the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of a tough question. You know, it'd be depending on when or where I'm playing. I'm thinking Black Red Midrange again. Just because, you know, we have a lot of decks that are playing with the Graveyards. We have a lot of Coco decks. And that really, that isn't affected by all those, you know, cards that people are playing with. I am worried about Spirits a little bit. I'm hoping though that they'll be hated out by Mono Green. Sorry, I'm hoping that Mono Green will be hated out because that's another card, another deck that I hate playing against as Black Red Midrange because, you know, they just get so much value on on the battlefield with the uh, Storm the Festival and and whatnot. But uh, all the other decks, I kind of feel like I've just, yeah, I always get. I wouldn't say hated out on it, just like they always have the right card for me. Yeah, even though I do like Parhelion, I. Th- think that black red midrange is probably the way to go at least the early part of the uh organized play season yeah i feel that (sighs) oh wow so many deck lists so many cards to talk about i appreciate you taking the time to go over all these with me kevin all right, absolutely. And if you guys want to stay up to date with this kind of information, we're always tweeting out information about Pioneer Format, as well as retweeting all kinds of people who are streaming, making Pioneer content, etc. on our Twitter, which is at MTG Pioneer, the one and only. So that's the best place to go ahead and follow us. You can also find a link to our Discord if you want to stay more in touch. Yes, and you guys can find me on Twitter as well, at YoJapanHobbyist. Uh, and yeah, um, if you ever have any big events, like anything, especially like 40, 50 people, feel free to drop it in our, uh, our discord and our pioneer events results. Or, you know, if you just did well at, you know, your, uh, F and M or something like that, and you, you won and you want to share that with everybody, feel free, put that in our pioneer event results, uh, channel. All right. That's going to wrap up our show here. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you enjoy this kind of content. We are the first pioneers podcast, and we look forward to being your go-to source for pioneer information online. You want to take us out here, Ryan? What's the, uh, the verb of the day? Uh meta meta gaming out. Uh we're meta gaming out. All right, meta gaming out. <laughs> <laughs>